This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights. And what a weekend it was, not for the reasons we thought it was going to be necessarily, but for all the reasons we didn't. And maybe that's the reason why it was one of the best weekends of the year, as evidenced by my voice. I had quite the weekend as well, and now I'm feeling under the weather. So all par for the course for me this year. That's all i got to say about that. Uh, we'll do our best to get through this. We might be uh, wrapping it up relatively quickly because I know my co-host is a little bit under the weather as well. Before we get into it, I need to introduce my co-host. My name is Madison. I'm joined, as always, by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? You know, for for feeling a little bit under the weather today, uh, have some have some dry, a little bit of a, a sore throat. I can't tell if that's being sick or yelling at the game. I, my voice has recovered nicely for the most part, unlike yours. Um, but man, I, I got to admit the 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 sun shines brighter, and and despite being a little bit under the weather. Um, you know, Monday and Tuesdays hit, hit, hit harder and, and in a better fashion when you're coming off a victory on Saturday. So, um, all in all, fantastic week. Looking forward to breaking down what was a pretty good day of college football. And, you know, it's funny. We, you know, we talk about this, Madison, when we go to games, when you go to games or when I, when, you know, when you're busy and you're not able to tune in, um, sometimes these recap pods, you really have to go back and and watch highlights or watch some of the games and really study up on it. Um, the best thing about our situation was we were able to get back and watch that late night slate with uh, Alabama LSU and there were a number of other ones and that ended up being the best slate. So we did end up getting to see probably the most exciting, um, you know, four hours of college football on top of, you know, getting a big win down in Athens. So excited to jump in, excited to uh, dive into uh, into a recap of last week. Yes, my voice is not all the way there because I did exactly as Kirby Smart said. It did pay off in the end. We are going to be putting this up before. The playoffs come down, but I can imagine that uh, that it's going to fall about how we think, one through three. That fourth spot's going to be interesting, but we'll cover that in our preview pod for next week in the next couple of days. Um, so that's why we are not including this. We do know that the playoff rankings have come down. We just haven't seen them yet. So uh, we'll get into that next episode. Uh, let's not beat around the bush, Pierce. Let's get right to it. You had a bad weekends uh specifically with our our 10 picks that we make in each episode you at two and eight your two lone winning picks being texas and florida state both minus the points i went five and five about par for the course you're always going to see me do about average with these pickums one place i'm not doing about average pierce and that is the uh, run your pool picks i am still in the lead there year to date i have 108 points i'm 108 and 83 on the year about four points in front of uh, the rest of the pack. Uh, but last week, shout out to friend of the pod, Jeff Prifty. He went 15 and six to rocket up the leaderboard a little bit. He is sitting at third place. But last week, he won, followed by MK4004 and Randy Houck. Uh, Hank had a good weekend last weekend, despite losing his wallet and being a general cluster and also being under the weather. Um, all right, let's get into it. Let's do our good, our bad, and our downright ugly. Pierce, I'll let you kick it off. I know you had several, so go ahead and hit us with your good of the week, and then we'll, uh, we'll after this, we'll go into our, after I give mine, we'll give our uh, runners-up or our honorable mentions. 
Yeah, my good of the week, no surprise. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs stole the show. Obviously, being a one versus two matchup, it was the headline game um, of all headline games, biggest game ever in the history of Athens. A lot of people were saying, and it's probably true. Um, and and boy, it was uh, you know all day there was this quiet confidence going around the tailgates, but it was interesting. Uh, you know, you 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 had heard online and things like that how confident Tennessee fans were, which made me a little bit on edge, um, made me uneasy. But yeah, you got to give it up to Georgia. Obviously, specifically their defense. These guys flew around. The open tackling was phenomenal. Really didn't allow Tennessee because you know Tennessee's receivers aren't just downfield threats. They're pretty good at getting the ball quick in space, making that first man miss, and then you know making something happen 30, 40 yards later uh, before you bring them down. The open field tackling for Georgia was great. They created a lot of havoc, um, particularly rushing the passer, which. You know, you look at uh, the biggest weakness from this Georgia team. Obviously, people were worried about Nolan Smith or pundits weren't, weren't worried when he was declared out for the remainder of the season. Going, where in the world is Georgia going to get these sacks from? And boy, they just they were able to keep Hinton Hooker in the pocket for the most part and just collapse on him. And then once you got into the second half in particular, they started to, to dial up the blitzes, blitzed more times in this one than than normal um, to try to get to Hinton. Really did a good job of keeping... Um, the ground game for Tennessee slowed down, and 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 that's really the key uh, because once they get the ground game going, if they're able to get a couple couple big runs, you know, for 15 yards, that just gets everything going, and it's much much more difficult to to leave your guys on an island on the outside with these speedy receivers. So, Georgia defense stood out to me. Obviously, the rain. I think slowed some of the offense down in the second half. I certainly, I I I, I do think Georgia got, gets to 40. Um, you know, maybe maybe Kirby pulls off the pedal, but I do think Georgia gets to forty if uh, there is no rain. I think that that Kirby was just content with, um, you know, knowing that that it was going to be hard to move the ball, especially through the air in the second half. Just content on sitting on the ball and, and just running it. So, um, score was a little bit. Uh, it wasn't truly indicative of the of the actual beatdown that occurred. Um, so, my good of the week is the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, um, I do agree with you, Pierce. I think there was more points out there to be scored. Um, thought maybe the nail in the coffin was uh, going to be put. Or the nail it was going to be put in the coffin for Tennessee and their chances in the playoffs, just because of how badly they got beat. But this next team might go to the weekend, who I would argue stole the weekend, Pierce, uh, and that would be the LSU Tigers. They opened that door between them and Notre Dame. Notre Dame also a good, uh, good win on them. Uh, what LSU did open the door back up for Tennessee to potentially make the playoffs. Uh, and it might, maybe, 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 you know you have to do a lot as a two-loss team to get in. Um, but if they were able to run the table in the West and beat Georgia in the SEC Championship, I don't know how you keep them out. So they all of a sudden look like one of the more dominant programs in the SEC. And how far have we come from LSU in week one where we watched the LSU-Florida State game, we thought, oh my gosh, they've made a mistake. They shouldn't have hired Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's going to be wishing he was still in South Bend. This is going to be too much. He's in over his head. You know, making fun of the way he said family over the offseason and, and his, uh, you know, videos where he, and the videos are still weird with the recruits. I, I will say that. Um, but he's getting the last laugh here when LSU wins this game. And, uh, you know, listen. A lot of people, myself included, thought Bama was going to get that that loss under their belt against Tennessee, and that was going to enter in the bot the the mob boss mode Alabama, and they were going to just come out guns a blazing and have absolute fire in their eyes, and that wasn't the case. 
Uh, Bryce played phenomenally, but he just doesn't have the receivers this year to throw to. Uh, and they don't have the pieces around them. And they weren't able to get stops on, on defense. So, uh, But that being said, it's not about Alabama. It's about what LSU did. Jalen Daniels is is definitely found his home there, uh, the transfer from Arizona State. And I'll be interested to see what happens with them. Now, of course, they do own the tiebreak with Ole Miss. We'll see what happens with Ole Miss and Bama this, this week. There's a potential that maybe LSU could lose in Fayetteville this weekend. I don't think that's the case. I think they run the table and are in Atlanta. And for that turnaround, Pierce, for what Brian Kelly has done in year one, absolutely phenomenal job by him. Uh, and, and it's only up from here. So the SEC West, you might be seeing a little bit of a changing of the guard, not only in the SEC, but maybe in the SEC West, if he can recruit at a high clip and continue to win on the field like he's doing. Uh, you know, yes, the one one big bad blemish is the Tennessee game, and they'd like to have that one back. Just a lot of costly errors that I think they'd like to have back. But uh, good on the LSU Tigers getting that win, storming the field. Uh, that's becoming a lot more common, it seems. Uh, but just a really fun, fun atmosphere night game there in Baton Rouge. And they absolutely get a monkey off their back, and uh, it looks like it's going to be fun times down there with old Brian Kelly for years to come. All right, what's your bad performance of the week? Actually, hold on. Before we do that, what are your two uh, – you had two runners-up, two honorable mentions for your goods. Yeah, and I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, the first runner-up, Kansas Jayhawks. Got to give them a shout-out. Uh, beating Oklahoma State, obviously, uh, you you hit on the trend, a lot of field storming. But this one, I think, was definitely validated. Uh, first time that they're going to be going bowling in, in God knows how long. Um, and to do it against a ranked team against Oklahoma State in your own barn – uh, in, in what's been a pretty darn good season for Kansas. They uh, they were close to being my pick for this one, but got to give them a shout-out because they've had a fantastic year. And then second runner-up, 2B, uh, Liberty goes on the road and beats Arkansas. Hugh Freeze uh, returns to the SEC where he was run out after all his his woes and his 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 issues and problems um, and trouble uh, at, at Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, I've said it here before. He's I don't think he's ever going to get a a, an SEC job. I think he's blacklist blackballed from from the SEC. However, he comes into Arkansas in what some people might look at as a an interview spot and and, and beats Arkansas on the road in their own barn and and, and just a great win for Liberty. Um, And Hugh Freeze uh, seems to, especially after losing a guy like Malik Willis, who's been so dominant for them for two years and has, has carried them in a lot of big games uh, to be doing what he's doing. Got a ranked team and, and upsetting a, a uh, you know, I'd say above average SEC team is is definitely an accomplishment. So Liberty, uh, Liberty is my 2B from my good of the week. Yeah, it, it did feel like a de facto um, job interview there for Hugh Freeze. We'll see if he uh, has a shot at getting that Auburn job. I know he would like it. Uh, and I'm sure that they wouldn't mind if uh, if they're going to win. That's for sure. And Kansas, first-time bowl eligible. We love to see that for the Jayhawks. All right, bad performance of the week time, Pierce. I'll go ahead and start us off. I have the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, caveat, they won the game. Caveat, it was really bad weather in Evanston. But, 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 to look up and to see that score and, and to not have them handling – not only the worst team in the Big Ten, but one of the worst teams in Power Five conferences, uh, maybe even FBS. Honestly, Northwestern's been downright pitiful this year, and for them to win, they got the dub, twenty-one to seven. I know it was it was bad weather, but Lord of Mercy, you play in the Big Ten. You better hope it doesn't rain when Michigan comes to town, 
Um, I just think that that is, you know, in the same way that Tennessee was chalking up to the, well, if it didn't start raining, we would have scored and things of that nature. It's like, you know what? The good teams figure out how to play in the elements and figure out how to adjust and stuff like that. And it just wasn't, it was very uh, questionable from, for them. Um, and it, it makes me wonder, it makes me excited and also wonder what's going to happen there when it comes time for the game. Uh, their Thanksgiving weekend. I, I can't knock them too much, Pierce. You know, they did win the game, and, and at the end of the day, you got to win your clunkers, and that's what it turned into. But it's just not a good performance by them. C.J. Stroud, potentially, you know, he's still the Heisman front runner, I believe, at this point. But to not be able to handle situations like that, that certainly is going to hurt him as well, especially when you have, um, you know, uh, well, actually, I'll say this right now. I think right now the, the, the Heisman is wide open. I think maybe it's going out west to either Caleb Williams or Bo Nix, but you just have to be able to to be more of a um, of a playmaker than he was on Saturday. And uh, as Ohio State, you can't you can't be going out there and just putting a performance like that where you should be handling business and and go go for the grace of God, go I, whatever the saying is, because like I said, Georgia has had just absolute clunkers as well, and you got to win those and move on. But this is where you should be getting into your final form, and I wonder where they're headed with the way that they looked on Saturday. Uh, so bad performance by them. Probably do the weather, but we'll see where they go from there. All right, what's your bad performance of the week, Pierce? Yeah, real quick, I do want to circle back on that. That's a good bad. I think another angle to add to uh, what what surprised me this week from Ohio State when the weather got really really bad. Northern Northwestern got excited. The kids were were waving towels in there. Um, God knows it was cold, but they embraced it. And, and Ohio State looked like they were miserable. And and I know the weather was miserable. But there seems to be an inherent uh, lack of toughness at times with Ohio State, and that seems to be where they their biggest issue is. Um, you get them on a get them on a, a good day with good weather, they dominate. You get them in a in a, a dome, they they dominate. But it seems like they just didn't want to get in an actual dogfight with Northwestern. I think that's troubling moving forward, especially when uh, your arch rival to get into the Big Ten championship was is going to look to pound it right down your throat. So. Um, Good one there. Uh, my bat of the week is the Purdue Boilermakers. And, uh, you know, when you're playing an Iowa team, you inherently know you don't have to score many points to win or to stay in the ballgame uh, because of how inept their offense is. Uh, this is a team that has had a good offense all season. Aiden O'Connell is a pretty good quarterback. Um, they have not scored under 20 points this entire season. They go out and lay it at just almost a goose egg, just an awful performance from them, only getting three points, uh, held to under 300 yards. Aiden O'Connell throws two picks, was not very good. They went something like two for 16 on third downs, and it wasn't like Iowa absolutely uh, dominated on the offensive side either. Uh, but for a team, and, and they do have good defense, so give uh, give credit to, I feel like I'm pulling a Casey Smith there, uh, give credit to Iowa uh, because they do have a scrappy defense and, and they're well coached. But man, Purdue to go out and lay a clunker like that uh, when the one thing that you can trust in a Purdue Boilermaker team this year is to score points. To go out and only get three points on the entire day is just downright bad. Really close to being an ugly. Um, but Purdue Boilermakers at the top of my list. And if you want me to go ahead, I'll go ahead and do my uh, my one A and one or two A and two B for the bad Madison. My other bad. Yeah, was hold on really quickly same. before you go into it. I just gotta give. I gotta fess up to something. I was all in on October, uh, or rather November, and uh, what what uh, Old Bert was doing there with Illinois, and they just absolutely had a, just a poo poo week there at home. 
<laughs> with uh, coming Michigan State beating them. I know that's your bad. And we already hit on the Alabama th- or the LSU thing, but tackle it from the Alabama side of things. Yeah. Wait, my bad was Purdue. Yeah, I know, but you were going to go into your 1A, 1D, 1B. Yeah, okay. So you I was trying to intro you. It's called I, I hear a you. back and forth. I hear you. It's setting you, you up so you it. can slam dunk. Have you ever heard of an alley oop? I'm the alley well, you know, oop. There's such things as you, maybe you set me up sometimes too good. I was a little bit thrown off there. No, you that, <laughs> you set me up so well all the time on this. I, that's the one thing that when I when we have outsiders that listen to the show t- talk to me and say, y'all do such a good job. I every time I every time I respond with, well, my co-host makes it very easy on me. She sets me up to uh, to, to just run my mouth. So yeah, uh, I agree with everything you said about Illinois, man. They had such a good opportunity there. Uh, moved the football pretty well. Just could not get any points on the board when they got into the red zone and the field shortened up. Um, give kudos to Michigan state from rebounding after a horrendous loss to Michigan and all the fallout uh, from the fight in the tunnel afterwards. Um, but yeah, just a, just a big miss opportunity for uh, Illinois and, and, and really, really honestly actually hurts, uh, Ohio State and Michigan. Um, whoever, whoever, uh, that's just not going to propel them. If there's a one-loss team, say one of them, say both slip up. I don't know if they can slip up and get that last juice win, uh, beating an Illinois team uh, now that they have two losses and two losses that aren't very good. Um, and then Alabama, you hit on LSU. Yeah, Alabama, man, they just don't seem to have the same teams that they've had in the past. Their defense doesn't play as physical and doesn't scare anybody. Um, offensively Bryce Young has to put this team this offense on his shoulders Jameer Gibbs is a, is a good athlete and does a lot of good things in this offense but they don't have guys that consistently separate and get open at the wideout spot and LSU did a great job defensively with Harold Perkins spying on Bryce Young making it difficult and frustrating for them uh, and ultimately just being the last one to have the ball and saying I'm going to go out and win this game I'm not going to let y'all have a chance to take to take this game away from us we're going to take it from you um so Bama, we'll see how they go going forward. They do have a few games that are pretty tough down the stretch. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to watch this team and see how they go about things, considering it's the first time in a long time that they are have no shot of making the playoffs. So do guys kind of kind of coast from here on out or will Saban, uh, you know, what, what what's going to happen here from here on out for the Tide? Yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to say that the uh, the dynasty is dead and that the new king of College football is the Georgia Bulldogs and things. We need to see how this year and maybe even next. But he has been on record of saying, Pierce, he's going to retire when he feels it going downhill. And I've never felt like it is uh, right there before. This is the first time. I don't think he wants to pull a Tom Brady where we're all like, my guy, you should have just retired. He wants to He wants to be gone so that his legacy is not affected. And this is the first year that they're done. Like, they don't even have a chance. They're going to play a game on Saturday with no chance to make the playoffs. And I don't think that has happened since, I think, 2011, maybe. I think if I saw the stat correctly. So that is very interesting to monitor. Um, And I've noticed that the Alabama fans are unusually quiet on Twitter. Usually that is not the case. And they are absolutely hidden right now. All right, let's talk about our ugly performances of the week. Pierce, I have the Texas a and M Aggies. They not only had Florida come to town and beat them, but they might not even be bowl eligible now, Pierce. They still have three games to do, and I think what are they won three so far? But you come in here. Now I will get hold on. I know that they had the flu, right? They had the flu this week. They had that running rampantly through the team. I get that. Crap happens. In this case, probably literally. 
But, I mean, you have the best class of all time coming in. And you might not be bowl eligible. And I don't even want to get started on what's going to happen in the transfer portal if that's the case. Jimbo has a major uphill battle. And I agree with what a podcast I was listening to today said. He's not going to get fired because of this season. He's going to get fired because of what happens in the offseason with his roster management. Uh, is he able to retain that class? Who does he have coming in? Uh, you know, quite frankly, they thought they won the national championship just by beating or just by uh, having the number one class in the nation. Is that enough each year to, to you know, keep him around with this massive buyout? At some point, you have to also translate that to winning games. But they're not only losing games, Pierce. They're doing it in embarrassing fashion. The only highlight I've seen of this of this game, quite frankly, was a possum. And that might have been last week, but whatever. The only highlight you're seeing of Texas A&M is like a possum running around their stadium. Like, there's there's nothing good to report about Texas A&M right now. Um, and, and – I mean, good on Florida to come in and, and rebound after an embarrassing loss against Georgia on the road there. Supposedly this intimidating place to play. But, I mean, golly, what is happening with Jimbo Fisher? Uh, not good. Not good at all. And, honestly, I'm sitting here as a Florida State fan going, you might have done us a favor by getting out. Perhaps you just had two very talented and, in fact, one very talented quarterback, but you had a string of a couple talented guys, and that got you your national championship. It might not have been you, Jimbo. You might not have been the reason. It definitely wasn't the facilities, which is why you left. But maybe, perhaps, you didn't have as much to do about that. We know that the locker room turned into a cancer as soon as you didn't have the guy at the helm. And I'm sitting here now with Mike Norvell and FSU being the best program in the state of Florida. And I'm feeling pretty good about Jimbo Fisher leaving and having a massive buyout. You can take our trash. We don't want it. What's your bad performance of the week, Pierce? My bad performance of the week is the Arkansas Razorbacks hosting Liberty this week and absolutely letting Liberty come in and steal their lunch for an SEC team, one that was five and three going into this game, to, to not be able to get up against a ranked eight and one non-power five school that's coming to your place uh, and, and really just treated them for, for a half of football there. Uh, Arkansas had a chance to get back into this game. Um, they did score late and had a two-point conversion to, to try to tie it up and maybe force overtime. Couldn't do it. Uh, Liberty gets a huge win on the road. And, boy, Arkansas, this is this is a loss that could potentially set you back. I know it's a ranked, non ranked team, but it's a non-power five team, one that you should beat. You've got the better players. Um, you, you've got the leader in K.J. Jefferson. You put up some some yards, but um, really the, running the football with, with Rocket Sanders was, was not there today. They were coming from behind. Uh, just just don't know that this is a loss where I, I start to worry if I'm a fan of Sam Pittman. Uh, you know he's still fine this year, but this is one where it could turn uh, turn some people sat, sat, you know sideways or sour on on your regime. Uh, not being able to beat a team that just has n- nowhere near the same talent level. Yes, I know they're ranked, but this is this is not a good look. Bad loss uh, for the Arkansas Razorbacks. They really need to uh, to go out this next week. I believe they play LSU, and they need to make a statement. And they need to uh, hang tough with them for four quarters uh, to try to turn this, uh, you know, the public perception around. Because it's it's no no bueno to lose to a to a non power five team, um, especially especially at your own own place uh, at home. So my bad of the week or ugly of the week, excuse me, is the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah, I agree with you. It was an absolutely ugly result for them. 
you know, every, like I said earlier, it was definitely a little bit of a job interview, a job application, if you will, from Hugh Freeze. But Sam Pittman, who, as beloved as he is, has got to figure things out in Fayetteville. They have maybe a little bit more patience than the average person, especially with him being so beloved. But, I mean, they, they're just – that's embarrassing. That's an embarrassing thing to happen, and, and you don't want that to happen, surely. I kind of – as embarrassing as that was, as ugly as that was, these next two, though, I think might be more embarrassing, particularly your third one. I already hit on it uh, when I was talking about my uh, my ugly. But talk to us about Clemson and Miami and what they did on Saturday because they've posted some absolutely ugly losses. Yeah, Clemson just uh, – you know, we, we talked about it. We broke it down in this one uh, in, in, in our preview pod last week. You know, I, I came into this game kind of leaning Clemson, kind of liking Clemson. Uh, you know, Notre Dame defensively is not where it was last year and not where it's been in the past. Um, I know they, they had a good performance against Ohio State, but Ohio State just didn't come out firing on all cylinders uh, in week one. Um, so this, you know, this is a team that, that got bullied by Marshall, uh, got bullied on the ground by Marshall, got bullied on the ground. Um, in a couple other spots, you know, allowed, I believe it was UNLV to score some points and kind of hang in that game as well. Um, you know, they just, they just aren't the same defensive squad because they've, they've lost some people, they've lost some personnel. Um, and so they're, they're doing a slight little rebuild, just getting some, some, some young guns in there that will, will no doubt help this defense out in the future. Uh, and then offensively, man, you know, they just haven't really been a great offense. I know they've gotten things turned around that UNC game kind of helped them because UNC is so bad at, at defense. Notre Dame was able to kind of get some confidence about them, but you know, they're, they're not a very dynamic team. Uh, and for Clemson, who we came into this year thinking they're going to have the best, best defense in the country. And then after the first few weeks, it looks like DJ Uyunglele and that offensive turned the corner to lay an egg in the way and in the fashion that they did in South Bend on Saturday night, um, just completely looked lost, looked, didn't look as good, just, just mistakes everywhere. It's it's clear now. DJ needs to transfer from Clemson. I don't think this is going to end well if he stays there. He needs a full reset. Um, and, and you know, I'm starting to worry and think Clemson. It might be more of a uh, philosophical thing now with that offense um, because it just doesn't look right. It, it, and I know they don't have the players, but you know, they used to get the players once upon a time. They used to get the Mike Williams, the Sammy Watkins, the you know. These elite, you know, Travis Etienne and and all these these stars at the skill position. It's a little bit like Alabama, um, and, and and you know they thought they had the quarterback. That's the one difference. And boy, I think it's about time to move on from him. I think he needs to move on from Clemson, um, go to a, a more friendlier offense. You know, maybe like a, I don't know, maybe you go out to USC or or or, or something like that. Sit behind Caleb Williams for another year. Come back, come in, and 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 you know playing a little softer of a league. Um, so bad, bad performance by Clemson. Notre Dame didn't do all that much offensively, but had a couple, uh, had a pick six or maybe had two pick sixes, um, had some, had some good special teams play. So Clemson just, woof, I mean, that, that totally eliminates them from playoff contention. And uh, it seemed like they had the easiest path of anybody. Um, and last but not least, Miami, I'm not going to go too in depth on this one, uh, but just absolutely no fight, no fight for Miami. They have packed it in. Um, I think if you're a recruit and they do have a good recruiting class, and I know they're paying them a lot of money to come to, to Coral Gables, but man, if you're watching this team, they just, they, the coaching staff seems to be really bad right now. I don't know where they go. Um, 
with Gaddis, uh, who, who, who they hired away from Michigan. Michigan really didn't put up a fight when he left. Maybe now we know why. Uh, you know, they don't have a quarterback, which coming into the season, that was the, the clear-cut thing that we all were hanging our hats on with this Miami squad was, was how Van Dyke – you know, is someone you can build build a, a program with, and 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 was the reason why people had them potentially winning the ACC, and, and to score three points, they rotated all three quarterbacks in and out, um, and and neither one of them looked very good doing it. It's clear this team has quit, and FSU really didn't play all that well and just completely rolled uh, to a forty point forty point plus victory. Um, Miami might be as down bad as any team in the country, uh, and I'm not sure it's even close. I uh, saw videos of fans leaving before halftime, Pierce, and not that a lot of people show up to the Orange Bowl to watch, or Miami Gardens, I guess, which is what I should say, or Hard Rock. What do they call it now? Whatever. Not a lot of people show up for Miami games regardless, but this is a heated rivalry, and for people to have you leaving at halftime is is really saying something like, wow. All right, uh, let's take you through what happened around the top 25, starting on Friday night, the Number 23, Oregon State Beavers fall in Seattle 24 to 21, just as Pierce and I told you they would. Weird thing, this game uh, went dark. They uh, lost power at about 1 a.m. Eastern time. Pat 12 after dark, literally. Flipping over to Saturday, the number one Tennessee Volunteers losing to the number three Georgia Bulldogs 27 to 23. Ohio State gets it done. 21 to 7 over Northwestern. Clemson falls in South Bend 35 to 14. The Irish on top. Number five, Michigan might have had a little scare at halftime. Down 17 to 14, but it was all Wolverines in the second half. 52 to 17 over Rutgers. In overtime, the number six Alabama Crimson tied fall, giving them their second loss of the season to number 10 LSU 32 to 31. A two-point conversion. A difference in that one. The number seven, TCU, Horn Frogs, 34. Texas Tech, 24. Big one on deck for TCU in Austin. Number eight, Oregon continues to roll the Bo Nix experience in Boulder to take on the Colorado Buffaloes, 49-10 to 10 the final there. USC sitting at number nine had a bit of a scare. Cal, who has been absolutely downright terrible this year, puts up 35 points on them, just as Lincoln Riley will do. But they score 41 to win. 41 to 35. The number 12, UCLA Bruins, 50. Arizona State, 36. Number 24, Texas, 34. Number 13, Kansas State, 27. Number 14, Utah, 45. Arizona, 20. Utah might have something to say down the stretch about how things are going to shake out in the Pac 12. We shall see there. Number 15, Penn State, Nittany Lions beating Indiana, 45 to 14. Number 16, Illinois falls at home to Michigan State, 23-15, to the final there. Number 17, North Carolina has one lone loss on the season. They get it done in a close one against Virginia, 31-28, to the final. Number 18, Oklahoma State gets there. Another loss, back-to-back losses now. This one to Kansas, 37-16. to Kansas Jayhawks going bowling. The two-lane green wave, they get another win under their belt, beating Tulsa in Tulsa, 27-13. to Syracuse is absolutely the wheels are falling off there. Pittsburgh wins 19 to 9. The number 21 Wake Forest Demon Deacons lose to the number 22 NC State Wolfpack 30 to 21. The final there. And last but not least, Pierce B, number 25 UCF Knights taking down the Memphis Tigers in Memphis 35 to 28. That's what happened around the top 25. We shall see how all of that shakes out. 
in the rankings later tonight after this episode has been recorded. Last but not least, before we send you on your way, though, it is time to highlight individual performances. We've talked about teams. We've talked about coaches. We've talked about schemes. Now let's talk about the individual players who got it done on Saturday. Pierce, take us through our braggers of the week. Braggers of the week this week. Got to start with the craziest game of the entire slate Saturday in a 77-63 to basketball score. Both quarterbacks find themselves on this list. Tanner Mordecai, QB from SMU, as he gets the dub over Houston. Uh, 28 of 37 for 379 yards and nine touchdowns through the air. Had zero picks as well. Uh, Also tacked on eight carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. Ten total touchdowns for Tanner Mordecai. You will not see that very often. Clayton Toon on the other side going head-to-head with Mordecai. Uh, 36 of 53 for 527 yards and seven TDs. Unfortunately, he did throw three interceptions, but tallied 111 yards on the ground in on 12 carries and uh, popped in a touchdown as well in that barn burner of a game. Austin Reed, QB Western Kentucky, as they get the win over Charlotte, he goes for two, 23 for 38 for 409 yards and six touchdowns and did not throw a pick in that one. Um, Jack Plummer, QB from Cal, 35 of 49 for 406 yards and three touchdowns, did throw one interception. Um, but a great performance to keep his team in the game against USC as they barely fall uh, to the Trojans on Saturday. Edward Sadie, running back, Temple, 24 carries for 265 yards and three touchdowns, also got 69 yards through the air on four catches as they get the, the win over the University of South Florida. And uh, there's another vacancy there in Tampa um, as their UCF, USF, will now be looking for a new head coach. LaDamian Webb, running back for uh, Southern Alabama, South Alabama, 35 carries for 357 yards and four TDs. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 257 yards. That's a typo. Uh, also got a catch for 17 yards as they get the win over Georgia Southern. Devin Neal, running back Kansas, in the win over Oklahoma State, he gets 32 carries for 224 yards and one touchdown. Also got 110 yards on six catches through the air. Another running back here was running back heavy, Bijan Robinson for Texas. 30 carries for 209 yards and a touchdown. Also got 34 yards through the air as they get the big win over Kansas State. As you hit, it, you hit on it, a big matchup uh, is now set up in Austin. Game day will be there between TCU and Texas this upcoming week. Caleb Johnson, running back Iowa, 22 carries for 200 yards and one touchdown and an offensive explosion for Iowa this weekend. He also got 17 yards on two catches through the air as they get a big win over Purdue. Troy Horton, wide receiver, Colorado State. Yes, I know they lost to San Jose State, but nine catches for 196 yards and a touchdown is too good to be held off this list. Demario Douglas, wide receiver from Liberty. Maybe not the eye-popping numbers, but this was the guy that, that was the go-to for Liberty in their big win over Arkansas. Seven catches for 145 yards and a touchdown as they pull off the upset. And last but not least, got to give a shout-out to Georgia's defensive unit. Uh, in the win against Tennessee, they held Tennessee to just 289 yards of total offense. Uh, got Picked off Hendon Hooker once, also got a fumble recovery, and seven total sacks. Also held Tennessee without a touchdown in a half for the first time in the Coach Heupel era at Tennessee. So, those are my braggers of the week. Always good to get uh, a unique defense or a tight end or someone off the slate on that list. All right. That is the braggers of the week. That is your week 10 recap. And that is going to do it for us with this episode. We are going to go get some rest and be rejuvenated, hopefully, for the next episode when we are going to be previewing week 11. Don't look now, but the season is almost over. So soak it in while you can. 
Um, I will be foregoing watching election results because that is absolutely bleh. And I'll still be watching the playoff. We'll have all that breakdown of what was said uh, by the, uh, what's the guy's name? Some some goober name, like Boo, Boo Crenshaw or something like that is the name of the uh, commissioner. <laughs> no, the, you just took it political. Boo Crenshaw? Crenshaw you're thinking Dan Crenshaw. It's Boo. It, you're right. It's Boo something. He's the NC State athletic director. Boo something. Boo Radley. The yeah, uh, Boo commissioner something. of the college football. It's not Boo Radley. That's from How to Kill a Mockingbird. All right. We'll have all the breakdown of what he said with the next episode. Should come to you in the next couple of days. But until then, we've got Maction. We've got lots of other things going on as well. So a lot of sports, uh, a lot of fun things going on. That's going to do it for us here. Until next time, I'm Addison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.